0: Welcome to another amazing week on the Full Frontal Living Podcast. And today I am super excited because I had an opportunity to interview one of my coaches and mentors, Jim Fortin. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a while... Uh, I have another episode where I, I share about my journey with Jim Fortin and how I became one of his coaches inside his transformational coaching program. And today I had an opportunity to sit down and do an interview with him, which was fun. And it's a little bit stressful. I'm not going to lie. When you're when you're interviewing one of your mentors, and uh, but we had a really interesting conversation about money about women, about the stories that women are carrying around that are keeping us small ladies in regards to our relationship with our bodies and our health, but just the martyr role that so many of us play and the you know perfectionism and the control that we co- get caught in. So I'm really excited for you to listen to this interview. And don't forget to head over to Instagram after and share your thoughts I'm going to post all the links to Jim's trainings that are coming up in the show notes. It's going to be bit.ly forward slash Jim B do have. But if you haven't heard of Jim Fortin yet, I wanted to read out a little bit from his bio for you so you can understand why he's become such an influential person in my life. Now, he is widely considered the leader in subconscious transformation, and he's helped countless people from all around the world transform their lives from the inside out. And he does this predominantly inside his transformational coaching program, in which I am one of the senior coaches. So he brings an unmatched skill set to help his students completely transform their lives from their core identity outward. He is a master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP. He's also a master hypnotist, and he's been been apprenticing with a shaman since 1994. So he has this unique ability to weave his life experience and modern brain science to create powerful and rapid transformation uh, with his With his students. So he has been high performance and transformation coach for 25 years. So let me tell you, when you are in the hot seat with Jim, it is hot. And he's worked with people from all walks of life, from European royalty to housewives, top sales, and marketing professionals, movie stars, professional athletes, and people from all types of industries. He is also the creator of the Jim Fortin podcast, Transform Your Life from the Inside Out. So since you're listening to me, probably on iTunes or one of your favorite, whatever your favorite listening platform is, make sure that you go in and find his podcast and subscribe because you're going to get so much value. I have so many of my listeners say, I listened to, to you on one way to my drive to work, and I listen to Jim on the way home. So he has really like he debuted in the top 10 on iTunes, and it he has one of the fastest growing podcasts on iTunes. So I am so grateful that I've had the opportunity to mentor alongside him. I was so grateful that he took this opportunity to jump on and have a conversation with me because I am not a skilled interviewer, ladies and gentlemen. So, you know, the conversation just kind of went where it was meant to go, but I think you're going to find a tremendous amount of value from tuning in. So without further ado, here is my interview with Jim Fortin. I am excited because today I have on one of my coaches and mentors, Jim Fortin. I have been working alongside him, learning, growing, and a part of his team now for, gosh, how long has it been now, Jim?
1: About I don't know. Well, by the way, it? thanks for inviting me. Yeah, it's well, been a while. That we, yeah, you've been working on the team, so I appreciate that.
0: You are welcome. So I invited Jim on because he's been such an instrumental mentor in my life. I've gone through so much transformation, just learning and growing yeah. and really becoming the person that I needed to become to do things like this, launch my podcast, grow my audience, um, work with the, the type of women that I'm working with now. And I really love your be, do, have model mm-hmm. because it's so much around, we're going to stop trying to do our way. To the results we want and we're going to actually look mm. at our identity and a lot of the women that i'm working with are struggling around their relationship with their body they're overachievers they're trying to do all the things they're caught in control they're caught in perfectionism um and it it, it comes through in their health they're not taking care of themselves yeah they're not mattering in their lives right they're at the bottom of their pile and they get caught in this cycle of well i'll just go to the gym i'll work out more i'll go back to eating more salads and that will fix the problem when weight is really just a symptom of the problem so i thought we could have a really interesting conversation about health weight and also how it ties into money because i see our relationship with weight very similar to our relationship with money so i would love your thoughts on that
1: well yeah we can impact that for sure um so where i want to go first is i which you know i used to live in new york city and my office was a block from wall street i have worked with coached mentored many 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 high producing people people that run very large companies uh, celebrities actors uh, actresses etc and the scenario you described I see a lot of that, especially in New York, but all over the world, of course. But New York, I mean, that's a world of high achievers. You've gotta be a high achiever to to make it in New York City uh, at a substantial level. What you're describing is people that their lives are so busy with doing things, they never actually, I'm gonna just put it this way, their life is nothing more than, or predominantly a rote routine. And many times people do that and they stay in those rote routines so that they don't have to be intimate with themselves. They don't know themselves. Their whole life is about doing things. And when they do things all day long, they never have to stop and take a look at themselves. And one of my coaches, a transformational coach once said, the word intimacy is into me, I see. And if we're staying busy all the time, into me, I see generally never happens. And then to your point, and then what I know about you because you're on my coaching team, is that many people actually base their worth on what they achieve and what they do so they continue to do because if they think they continue to do and they do all these things and they'll create these other things in life, money and external things, and then people will have a higher opinion of them. So they're basing their own self-worth on what they do and what they create and in the process of that, giving no self-worth to their own bodies and their own health and wellness. So they're really sabotaging themselves without even knowing that, that they're doing it.
0: Yeah, I, I relate to so much of that because I call myself a recovering overachiever. I'm mm. so driven. I still want to achieve things. But it's different now because I don't hang my worth on the things that I do. Mm. And it's more about who I've become. And that's really how I healed my relationship with money. I stopped trying to do my way to more wealth. And I yeah, do on people do? I was being with money and how I was being in relationship with money. And that's how I really work with my clients is on who they're being in regards to their health and in regards to their wellness and and why that isn't a part, how, how we shift that so it becomes a part of their identity.
1: Yeah. And let me add there. So uh, we're talking about having and doing and being is most people work from have, do, be. If I have or I had more money or more time, then I could do more things and then I could be successful. Well, where I work from and people in my programs, I teach them to work the opposite, be, do, have. Who do I have to be at a core characteristic level to do the things that I want to do to have the success that I want to have? Now, here is a one-line distinction or just a contribution to this thought. Is that whatever you do, your doing is only as effective as the being, doing, the doing. So I'll give you an example of that. For many years, and this applies to weight and to money. So let's, let's go to money for a moment. So for many years, I coached selling professionals, high achieving selling professionals. And they used to think if I want more money, then I have to go do X, Y, Z. And then two things would happen. Number one is they couldn't sustain the doing, meaning let's say cold calling, for example, or prospecting. They couldn't sustain the prospecting because at the level of being they were not a person who could do that, meaning they did not have discipline or commitment or, you know, one of the characteristics and ways of being. When it comes to weight, people work 100% backwards. They say that I want to lose 40 pounds. So where they start is at the level of behavior, which is doing. I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to go on a diet. What no one ever looks at is what ways would I need to be, what characteristics would I need to be to make my my gym time productive and my dieting effective, which dieting in and of itself doesn't work for physiological reasons and psychological reasons, but no one ever looks at who do I have to be.
0: I agree. And that's part of the problem, right? And this is what keeps you trapped on that, you know, going round and round.
1: <clears throat> wait, wait. No, wait. It's not part of the problem. It is the problem.
0: It is the problem. Yeah. It is the problem. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: I talk to my women about the stories that they're telling themselves. So you work from thoughts. Mm-hmm. I work from feelings. Mm-hmm. We're still trying to get them to the same place. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about how you specifically help people understand how to tune into what they're thinking? and how to shift that, because that's, that's, you know, I'm running a program right now called Weight Loss From Within. Mm-hmm. And it's all about bringing their stories to the forefront because if people can't actually hear what they're thinking about themselves, what they're believing about themselves, the stories they're telling themselves, it's really hard to shift their beliefs. So I would love for you to talk about how you get people clear on the stories that they're telling themselves.
1: Well, our okay, our external environment is a reflection of our stories. So, if you want to know what stories you're telling yourself about money, look at your bank account. It's pretty simple here. People will say, if my beliefs are unconscious, how do I know what they are? That's easy. Just look at your environment. Something just dawned on me, and and what you were saying is, for many years I taught, and I don't know why it happened this way. It just did. Uh, for many years, my predominant clients were or high performing, or or driven males in the the sales field. Now, 80% of my marketplace is women. And what I'm wondering is, doing transformational coaching, going going from persuasion and influence to transformational coaching, what I wonder is what stories do women have about being competitive in the marketplace? So for example, for the first time ever, Hillary Clinton uh, was the nominee at the top of one of the major two parties. It took all these years for that to happen. Um, women still do not make what men make, for the most part, for the same work. Personally, I don't get it, but that's the world we live in. So what I'm curious about is do many, and I don't know, uh, because, I mean, we're not talking face to face, but do many women have the story that, in order for me to make it in this world, a man's world, which that's that's changing, thankfully, do I have to work harder or more than everyone else? And then what I wonder, based upon our conversation, what that translates to in terms of behavior and doing. Well,
0: it's interesting because I think for women, I know some of the stories that I had to unravel was that I could be as responsible with money as men. Cause most women have grown up where the men control the finances. Yeah. That's shifting, right? So there's a new level of responsibility. I mean, I had to learn how to navigate my bank accounts, like all these things that I wasn't taught. Mm-hmm. growing up, whereas it kind of is a default behavior for men. In the past, they've mm. taken they've taken control of the finances, they've run the house, right? That's been the traditional role. So as women step into more opportunities in the marketplace, we're not only having to get used to putting ourselves out there, which is most women have been taught to turn down the volume, turn down the light, don't shine too bright, don't take up too much space. And we've had to redefine our relationship with money. It's okay for us to, for, to have our own money, to manage our own money, to make more than our husbands or partners. Yeah. Uh, so there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of paradigms with women that are shifting. There's a lot of boulders that we have to move and new ways of looking at things.
1: Yeah. Let me, let me add to that is, you know, you're a coach in my transformational coaching programs. And when we do the last three weeks on relationships, what's, it's not amazing. So in the way that I use the word, it's just perplexing, I guess I would say, and and this has probably been created over the last 70 years, and we're still seeing some of it today, is the amount of women that are not happy in their relationships, and they're giving all their power away to their husband. I see, I see, and you see it because you're, you know, on the coaching team, I see a lot of that. And I'm assuming that's because they've learned from their mothers who learned from their mothers back in the 30s or so that they're still very subservient and they acquiesce and they're quiet in the relationship to the husband. Then they're trapped and they have no power in the relationship and they go through years of, well, I can't speak up because if I do, he's going to get mad or he's going to leave or this or that. And I see many women trapped there.
0: Yeah. Or how are we going to take care of ourselves? How are we going to make enough money? How are we going to do all all the things, because I think so many women grow up believing that they have to be in partnership with someone to create success.
1: And it's interesting that you bring that point up because, of course, I'm, I'm not in that world. So, but I look at it now and I look at, for example, I live in Addison, Texas, and the international home for Mary Kay is just a few blocks from here. So Mary Kay Ash, back in the what, the 50s, 60s, and 70s, built this empire that's still around today. So the way that I look at it is if she built that years ago, why can't women do the same thing today with even more tools and resources? It's all mental, but I just, I'm thinking that direction.
0: They can, but even as a Mary Kay consultant, most of these women became Mary Kay consultants as a side gig, right? So she, but you know, she was this unique human, this woman that stepped out and did this big, bold thing, which more women are doing that now. Yeah. More of the women who signed up to be under her, they were doing it as a side gig or a side hustle to make extra money on the side so they could have pocket money back in the day. I think that has changed now as women are stepping more up into possibility for them. Um, But leadership as a woman is still relatively new, I will say.
1: Mm. Well, it's interesting. Um, Let me... Go a couple of places with this, we'll bring it back to stories. Is a woman that hired me as her coach, but I basically and the the trainer in her company became my mentor. You've heard me mention Virginia Cook. Yes. Uh, for many years. And now she's 80 and she's you know, doing her own personal things in life. But she is a powerhouse in Dallas business. I mean, she's friends with people like Ross Perot, who just passed also, and she's a powerhouse. She's known by pretty much anybody big in business. And back in the 60s, and she became, even though she hired me to come in and train in her company, and we were the best of friends, all this, she, I didn't know this would happen, but she became my mentor. And back in the 60s, when she went into real estate, she had to have her husband sign a piece of paper saying that it was okay for her to sell real estate. And then subsequently, she went on to become president of TAR, the Texas Association of Realtors, the first woman uh, president, and, and different things. But here's where we go to stories, is... I remember she and i were talking her and i were talking about ross perot when she was in the car with him and what happened was is the car stopped and she was in the front and she hopped out and ross perot said to her you're supposed to wait for a man to open your door and she said to him well you're a man and you were way too slow and she never she's never been a woman that's ever waited for anyone's permission for anything and all that being said what i'm looking at here is how many women have stories about their waiting for permission for something in their life when she created a company that did billions and billions and billions a year um, of real estate sales but she never waited for anybody's permission not only that she's uh, physically diminutive she's only like five foot two she's not a tall woman and so what stories to the point of, of our time together what stories do you think she was telling herself as opposed to other women who just became, and I'm not taking away from anyone, but became or settled for being housewives.
0: I love that, right? She wasn't willing to settle for, she wasn't willing to settle for anything. And I think that this is what women need to step into and need to start unpacking their stories because so many women work from the martyrdom role. Yes. Right, that martyrdom role, which keeps them small and they get something out of it. Women get so much, of their identity out of being everything for everybody and juggling yeah. all the
1: balls, the mother,
0: the mother, the yeah. wife, the, you know, the best friend to everybody. But in the process, they're really throwing themselves under the bus and they're not feeling joyful or fulfilled in their lives. And that's, you know, that's what I love about your transformational coaching program is it gives people the opportunity to look at all different areas of their lives, their relationships, their jobs, their kids, their, you know,
1: everything, yeah,
0: and pull apart their stories and see how much more is available to them when they're willing to start to create new stories and step into that.
1: Yeah, and let me add there, being being a male, um, Nikki, who's my project manager, who you know, female, she had said, but you know, you you know me well, and out of college, I said I waited tables for a few years, trying to figure out what I wanted to do, etc., Um, I didn't, I knew that I didn't fit in in the traditional corporate world, even though I thought I was going to go that way out of college. And so I grew up working class, as you know, because you've been around me for a while. And now my vacation home is a seven figure home in Sedona, Arizona. And Nikki messaged me one day and she said, what would that, what would you now say to the waiter you 30 years ago? And There are people that have bought homes like mine when they're in their 30s and some in their 20s this day and age. Economies change with the advent of technology. But I look at stories, and I want everyone that's listening to get that wherever you are in life is because of your stories. That is it, is what stories are you telling yourself? Now, let's go one step deeper. What stories do we hold unconsciously? And the best example, because you you talk to women, is Oprah Winfrey. Now, Oprah Winfrey has struggled with weight since we've known Oprah as a public figure. I'm going to tell you right now that Oprah, um, most likely, not 100%, but most likely, first off, she was raped when she was 14 years old. Many times when women put on excess weight um, like that, it's because of trauma of rape. Now, this is not 100%, but what it could be is what happens is it's an unconscious defense mechanism saying, okay, I was raped. Now, I'm gonna put on all this weight, so you know what, no one will want to rape me again. And it's, it's literally an unconscious barrier. So if I had to guess, and I am guessing, but I've been doing this a lot of years, so it's an educated opinion, is that she struggles with her weight by trying to change it on the outside with the trainers and everything else, when where the change really needs to happen is on the inside, and for whatever reason, she's still carrying those unconscious paradigms. And I think for everyone listening, That falls and that's aligned with what you're sharing with people is that we try to change everything on the outside, but until we change on the inside, it doesn't matter what we're going to do on the outside, whether it's money or whether it's weight, it might change temporarily. Like you probably remember, and I'm sure a lot of women do when Oprah walked out on stage with that little red flyer wagon and Mm -hmm. she had 60 pounds of, right? Remember that and how amazing she felt and everything else. And today she's back to whatever, 70, 80 pounds overweight again. It's because we can't do our way. We can't hire trainers. We can't, you know, fight our diets. We can't do our way to the outcome. We have to be that at an unconscious level.
0: Yeah, I agree. Because, you know, you talk about making money is easy, which took me a long time to rack my brain with. Mm, me I too. Know, it's hard. And I remember <laughs> saying, I used to chase money. I'm like, <clears throat> I understand that. And I tell women that weight loss is easy. In fact, most of the women I work with, they've lost weight a lot. A lot of times they're actually really good at losing weight. What is challenging for them is keeping that weight loss. And it's because they haven't changed their identity. They don't actually value health. And when we dig down deeper, it's all about self worth and self love. You know, what do they get out of holding on to that extra weight? What do they get out of being a mom? Yeah. So, hang I on. Just,
1: yeah, no, go let ahead. me add there because I want to interject something that'll hit home is you've heard me talk before about a marketing guru that I know. It's been around for a lot of years. And 20 years ago, he used to own hypnosis centers in New York City. And, and he's, he's a consummate marketer. And he goes, the ad that tested with the best headline was lose the weight and keep it off permanently. So women can do their weight of losing. But the thing is, they haven't changed on the inside. So they don't keep it off permanently, just like Oprah. So until, and we're talking the same thing here, until women actually transform their unconscious identity and see themselves as a thin person on the inside, they'll lose the weight. But what will happen is very slowly, the old habits and old diet will creep back again because as you've heard me say before, we can never outperform our self-image and our identity.
0: Yeah, and this work is just, it's so profound. It has transformed my life so much especially mm. when it comes to my relationship with money so i always um you know when i when i realized what i was teaching women around weight loss and their health and their bodies was the exact same thing that i was struggling mm. with money that's when a lot of things started to that's when a lot of things started to shift for me and you know people have asked me how i've stayed in such great shape for so many years but it's 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 who i am it's what i do it's my identity so for why. me. To, turn up the volume on it, right? Like I'm getting ready. I don't even think you know this. I'm getting ready to compete in 2020 again, yeah, go back yeah. on stage for, for figure. It's, I won't say it's been like comfortable. It's been an uncomfortable process. I've gotten a lot of, a tremendous amount of value out of it, but it hasn't been hard because it it's just like, Tweaking things that I was already doing where I watch a lot of women go back up on stage or get on stage because again They're trying if I if I can achieve that body, then everything will be okay Mm -hmm. They actually haven't done the work on the inside That's gonna allow them to maintain that transformation long time And this is where I struggled with money because I would make money and then I would make sure I would repel it very quickly I didn't Mm -hmm. even know how to hang out with money. So when you do this inside-out work, everything really does radically change in your life. Mm,
1: Yeah. Notice you said one pivotal word when you started speaking. And to me, that is a pivotal word. And it's, what is my relationship with? So let's look at money. What was, you don't have to answer, it's rhetorical. But what was your relationship with money? And then if you look at your external environment, that tells you what your relationship was. And we'll go to body in just a moment. But everyone listening, look at your relationship with money and look at your relationship with your body. Now, let's break that down even further. When it comes to money, so let's say, for example, that somebody says, you know what? If they're metaphorically talking to money, you're never enough. You never do enough for me. You know what? You show up and you leave again. Well, if we put that into a real relationship, What kind of relationship would you have with your partner if you're like, you know what, you're just never enough. You're here when I need you, but you're just never enough for me. Well, what kind of relationship is that? It's horrible. And I've been there before. And that's the relationship that most people have with money. Let's go to bodies. And I think people are listening They're already starting to get is, how do you talk to yourself about your body? I mean, these are all things that they affect us at a core cellular level. And women use the F word more than anything even if they're, they're looking good, I'm so fat. I'm so fat. I'm so fat. These pants don't look good on me. I'm so fat. This dress, I'm so fat. And women constantly, because we live in an ego-obsessed world. Um, a girlfriend of mine many years ago, she was a Ford model. She was on the cover of all the magazines. And this is when she was 19, 20 years old. And we were friends for a lot of years. And when she was 30, we were at the supermarket. And I said, what do you think of these magazines on the rack? You know, used to, they used to have them by the counter. And she goes, I think they're garbage. And um, she was also Miss New York. I mean, she was a lot of things, but a very smart woman. And she goes, I think those magazines are, gor- are, are garbage. And I said, how come? Um, and she worked at Ford. So she knew Christy Brinkley and people like this. And she goes, I think those magazines, and she said, even Christy Brinkley gets zits. And this is back many years ago and Christy Brinkley was around. And she says, you know what? I have been on the cover of those magazines and I don't even recognize myself once they're published because she goes, any woman can look good if she's got three makeup artists, two people doing their hair, a photographer, the right lighting and airbrushing. People that are on those magazines don't exist in the real world, yet they create standards of beauty that people try to live up to and they can never live up to those standards because they don't have the three hair stylists, two makeup people, the lighting and the airbrushing and all this kind of stuff. And she goes, I think it creates false illusions for what women want to be. So then you talking to your market is what illusions are women trying to create? And they're just not real. They're just, they're nothing more than illusions. And then people can't live up to it. And then what are their, what is their relationship with themselves? I'm ugly. I'm so fat. I'm so this, I'm so that. And they spend their entire life playing a comparison game. And it's nothing more than a story.
0: Right. I agree. One of the big things we talk about is you know the stories you're telling yourself about your body. Your body shows up for you every day, gives yeah. you life, lets you put your feet on the ground, do all the amazing things you get to do, all the senses—taste, smell, hear—and uh, how do you treat it? Right? It's such a—it's such an unhealthy codependent relationship. I'm going to be cruel to you all day long, and then completely disregard that you give me life.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: And that's—that's that's why it's so important that we heal these relationships with ourselves with money that we look at our self-worth and our self-value because that's what's going to change the things on the outside but not not the other way around and in terms of you know society society's standards for women we don't have to buy into that like we get to choose so when when people say to me well this is how i'm told i'm i'm i need to look well nobody's actually telling you how you need to look you get to choose when I go up on stage, I am that woman that people believe doesn't exist in real life. Yeah, that's the physique I get to, but it's for a moment in time, and then I come off stage and I find the balance in my real life. Uh, you know, to be a successful entrepreneur to create millions, not everybody is going to live like that, but that doesn't mean it's not possible. But we get to choose the standards that we want to shoot for. But you have to understand, and you know this, that there's a certain amount of commitment and discipline that goes into the things that we really want to have. And if they are really important to us, then we'll do the work, Yeah. figure out how to get there. But it's not from doing the work out there, it's from the inside Inside. out.
1: And then I look at, so I know two women that are both, one's already off the planet, she would be about 97 now. Very, very wealthy, well-known woman in Dallas, and she was basically part of my family. I remember talking to her one time and I said, we we're talking about a five star, a three star, whatever restaurant in Dallas. It was where all the air quote, rich and famous would dine. And I said, did you enjoy And back, especially in the 90s and 80s? And I said, did you enjoy eating there? And she goes, well, it doesn't matter whether or not you enjoyed eating there. If you were anybody, that's where you were. And she was living by that standard. Then I look at another woman that I know who's about 75 and she's showing the, the, the years not well. And she posted something on Facebook that I know is true about, true about her. And I thought it very powerful. She goes, the most attractive woman is a confident woman. And then it reminds me of somebody that I admire is Eleanor Roosevelt. I mean, she was physically not a beautiful woman, but to me, that was a powerhouse woman. There's just something in her aura, in her energy. I mean, she carried this, this power with her. And to me, I find that so attractive in people and, and women when they just, when they're beautiful on the inside, everything else automatically starts to happen on the outside. But everybody's trying to start on the outside because they're trying to do their way. And then they wonder why, why am I on the hamster wheel, you know, 70 hours a week and I do everything. And then no matter what I do, I still can't get ahead because they're working in the wrong place.
0: I understand that all too well, but so much has changed (laughs) since I, since I found you and have uh, you know, been working alongside of you. So, I'm pretty excited because I know Mm. that we have a new round of TCP coming up in the not too distant future, and you're starting some free trainings for people that they can jump on and kind of dig deeper into this work. So, do you want to talk a little bit about your Be Do Have series that is kicking off on September 4th, I believe?
1: Right. We're doing a three part series. Um, It's called Be Do Have, the Be Do Have three part series. Uh, The first is the first uh, of the three series about being which is identity ways of being which is unconscious the second is the doing is all about habits and habits that we do which habits can also be thinking and then having is the third part of the series where we talk about what you can have in life when you're being the right person doing the right things and then what can you have and what ways of being do you also want to be to have what you want we're going to do uh three three uh three trainings they will be live um, one will be like on a, a Wednesday, one will be on a Friday, and then one will be I think the following Monday or t- Tuesday. Then we're going to also do a live follow-up to that training asking, um, answering any questions people might have. So I'm gonna just share right now is, is that if you truly want to understand why you're, you're in your old patterns and why you're not creating what you want, then whatever you do, there's no charge, be on those free trainings and it'll make perfect sense to you very quickly why you've actually been spinning your wheels and not getting the results that you want in your health and your money. So I know you're going to have a link somewhere they can register for those trainings.
0: I am. I'm going to drop the link in the comments and I'm excited for everybody to hop on this training because I know for me, I'd done a lot of work already when I came across you and then this was like next level and I'm just so mm-hmm. grateful that I get to be part of the coaching team now and supporting supporting people in your community. It's really amazing to see the transformations that, that happen. So I will drop that link in the comments. Thank you so much for spending this time. Mm. With him. I appreciate it. It's always nice to connect with you. One no, day I, in I, real I, life in Sedona.
1: Yes. And we'll do that um, in 2020 for sure. But it's amazing to me in a very positive way. And I'm very grateful for how far you've come since I've known you. And now you're actually out, even though you've been doing it, you're doing it more powerfully now is that you're helping people also transform their lives from the inside out so that they have the things, I mean, we want things as beings, whether it be health or love or money or whatever. And, you know, the more you transform and you've come a long way in 18 months, the more you can help other people as well. And the ripple effect, and they go help people and they help people and we literally make the world a better place. So thank you for having me on today and a big hug to you.
0: You are welcome. I just, I know that when women can get out of their heads, and actually stop playing that martyr in their lives, and really take responsibility for the things they want. Women will rise up and have a tremendous impact on this world. And as you say, the world needs us, and the world needs stronger women that aren't caught in their head, worried about how their butt looks in their jeans.
1: Exactly, and it's I'm shocked that it's taken women this long, and it's it's because it's not because of women, it's because of men too. Um, I was amazed, and I, I don't follow politics anymore, but amazed at the amount of women that have been elected to the U.S. Senate and U.S. Congress. Um, I mean, there's like 25% now, and I think years ago, you know, I've always, and I will we'll wrap this up, but one of my favorite women of all time uh, is Barbara Jordan. I don't even know if you know who she is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But Barbara Jordan was an extraordinarily powerful um, African-American gay congresswoman back in the, in the 70s. And she was the keynote speaker at the Democratic National Convention. And when I watch her, I'm like, that is a powerhouse woman. And we all have that power in us, but most of us have subjugated it because of our culture of men, of our upbringing. And women are as powerful as men, but the culture subjugated it. So I'm asking the women listening is to step into that power and and be like Oprah. You don't have to set the world on fire, but take what you want in life and create it and attract it and be it, and it will all happen for you.
0: I agree. Amen to that. So thanks for coming on, Jim. Mm. And I am excited for your free training. I will drop the link in the show notes for everybody. And if you have any questions, just reach out to me on Instagram, and I'm happy to answer them for you. And I will see you soon, Jim.
1: Okay. Talk to you later. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.
0: Bye. Well, I know if you listen to that interview with Jim Fortin in its entirety that you, like me, probably picked up some knowledge bombs. The first time I heard Jim talk, I I remember where I was. I caught my breath, and I was like, that man is going to be my next coach and mentor. And sure enough, here we are, and that's exactly what's happened. So I want you, before you do anything else, to head over and register for his free training that is kicking off on September the 4th. It's the Be Do Have way of living. It's about transforming your life from the inside out, whether it's your business, whether it's your health, whether it's your relationships, and see what's possible for you. So I'm going to pop the link in the show notes again. You can find it at bit.ly forward slash gym, be, do, have, and I will see you on the live training. Make sure you pop into my Instagram and share with me your takeaways from this episode, and I will see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Full Frontal Living Live. Podcast. I am on a mission to help women matter more in their own lives and get out of their heads and into their hearts and slow down so they can do less better, take better care of themselves, because then, ladies, we can get out there and change the world. So, I would be so grateful if you would head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review so other women just like you can find this podcast. And if this episode resonated with you, please share it with your colleagues, your friends on social media and help me spread this message of Full Frontal Living and what is available to us when we start showing up for ourselves in a whole different way. It's time to put down the generational belief in martyrdom as women and truly rise so we can impact and change the world in ways that we can hardly even imagine. So thank you for tuning in and I will see you on the next episode.